Welcome to Times Up Outdoors Podcast, episode 26. Uh, This episode is brought to you from the inside of my truck on the way to Missouri. Me and Nico are pulling the camper, uh, while John and Dean are ahead of us about 40 minutes. We're about halfway to our destination to do a week-long public land uh, whitetail hunt. So we hope you don't get too annoyed by the noise of the vehicle. Um, the audio is subpar at best. Actually, I don't think it was that bad. Uh, but uh, this is a good episode. We talk about our game plan going into the week, uh, how we plan on strategizing killing a monster Missouri buck, and we talk about our gear that we brought with us, a little bit of saddle hunting talk, a little bit of bear hunting talk, a little bit of all the other bullshit we talk about. And my big buck. And Nico's big buck. So we hope you enjoy the show. If you could, subscribe to the channel, uh, whether you listen on Spotify or iTunes. Give the show a like. Um, subscribe to it. It really helps us out. And if you can leave a review, um, that also really helps us out a lot. Also, sharing helps us out a lot. So hope you enjoy the episode. See ya. Welcome to Time's Up Outdoors Podcast, episode 25. Is that our 25th episode? Yeah, isn't that kind of sad? We've been doing podcasts for like two years. Is it really our 25th episode? I believe so. It feels like it's a lot. You could look it up. But, uh, forgive the noise, we are driving uh, to Missouri. So, we're in a truck, pulling a trailer, and make some sounds, so. Deal, loud. deal with it, alright? Yeah. But we're doing a little uh, pre-hunt podcast because we got about 300 miles to go. So we figured we'd kill a little time and give the people what they want and talk to you. All 200 of you or so. <laughs> it's either 200 of you or there's like five people that listen a lot. 50 times. I don't know why you do that. But, uh, if you can't tell by our voices already, it's just Scott and Nico in the truck. Don't do math in public. Yeah. <laughs> John and John and Dean are in uh, the other truck. Yeah. So the four, uh, four of us are heading to uh, northwestern kind of Missouri. So well, this guy's just going to come on over, oh, I guess. Wow. Sure, sure, pal. Sounds good. Bring it in. Yeah, a little public land whitetail uh, hunt. No, this is episode 26. 26, we're finished. Yeah, the last episode of French Hot Sign was 25. Which is worth listening to. That was also another public land episode. Uh, we're pretty uh, public land savvy now. <laughs> we're basically Dan Infall. Yeah, you can't Dan tell we don't, we put our uh, public land though, we don't have any stickers on the truck that say so. I'm actually kind of pissed that we didn't put stickers. I was, I had a couple tethered stickers that I was going to stick on the back of the camper so that everybody that we drove by knew, you know, what we're made of. Last year, every camper we saw had a THP or a tethered or first light. Remember that big giant trailer we saw that had like the huge. Yeah. I hope they worked for tethered, otherwise, that was a bit obsessive. Yeah, they had a giant tethered decal on the side of their oh, like, like six a by tethered mouth. wrap around the whole thing. <laughs> but, uh, Ernie did say that there was somebody in Missouri around that time that is with the company. Yeah. I turned it off. I turned it off. Okay. I turned it off. Yeah, we're cruising. Um, 
think we're going to kind of go over our game plan and maybe a little gear dump without the dump. So, but we're all, the three of us will be hunting out of saddles or off the ground. Um, I did a little ground hunting last year. I like ground hunting, so I'll, I'm sure I'll do it again. But, uh, and then my dad's got a hawk uh, tree stand and stick set up he likes to hang on. So, I've been rocking that. But we hunted here last year and we saw some really good bucks. And uh, we only got to hunt for four days. This year we'll be hunting for seven days. So, I'm feeling good. And it was hot last year. It was like 80 degrees last year. Yeah, it, was in the, it was in the 70s. Consistently. Consistently. And it was... Jeez. Oh, God. I'm not, I'm not answering you. No. Leave it. It's a random number. Probably somebody trying to make me money. Probably. <laughs> yeah, last year was hot. It was like... We, we hunted in t-shirts. I had my thermosol running. Yeah. Uh, you're sweating. And we're and we're camping on public land. Missouri, you can hunt, you can camp on public land. So we're camping right at the piece that we're hunting. Um, so we don't have showers or anything. We just got a generator with a camper. And it was quite interesting last year. I'm I'm excited to not sweat my ass off this year. Yeah. So last year was in the 70s, and this year it doesn't get out of like 58. I think it's the hottest day of the yeah. in the projected forecast, and getting into the high 20s at night. So. It's November 1st. We should be able to do an evening sit tonight. Um, so We left at 4 a.m. Yeah, left at 4 a.m. We should be getting there around like 2. Uh, 2.05 is our estimated arrival right so now. So we'll probably get there around like 3. Yeah. Just because... Camper and we'll stopping camp. for gas and stuff. But we're making good time. We should get to set this up and hunt tonight. There is another piece of public nearby if we decide to go check another one out. But um, I did like this one a lot last year. So. Ooh. Wow, you're popular. This is John. That one's John. See what he's got. Uh, John, John, you're live. Hello. You're live on the Times of Outdoors podcast. Are you guys podcasting? Yeah. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> what? You are too now. <laughs> are you podcasting or does it sound like you're in, in an airplane? Because you're talking through the truck. Because you're talking through the truck. Oh, am I on the podcast right now? You yeah. are. Awesome. What's up? Where are you guys at? We just turned on to I-80 off of I-80. <laughs> oh, okay. You know we're, we're in Illinois. You know what I'm talking about? That little kick there that it does? Uh, I know. I know exactly. We haven't made any ground on you damn near. Really? That's surprising. It's because we're speed How demons. How fast are you going? 75. 75. <laughs> we're just burning through the gas, oh, yeah. man. We've we're been, just we ripping. We have filled up three times We're already. just ripping fuel, bro. <laughs> We're getting about four miles to the gallon. I'm, I'm afraid to change it to show me what, what we're getting fuel-wise. Yeah, don't do that. It's probably like five. I'm excited <laughs> to get there. It's worth it. We're only like 40 minutes, maybe an hour ahead of you. Yeah, our estimated time right now is uh, 2.04. Did you guys fill up the generator yet? Is it 2.04 our time? No, 2.04 their time. Time. Yeah, I think we're at one. We might have taken some time off. We're at like one ten. Nice. Yeah, we're four hours and fifteen minutes out. At one thirty? Yeah, one thirty. Yeah, we're only a half hour ahead of you. Hell yeah. So we're in good time. I didn't want to beat the hell out of you guys. 
Well, if you ended up doing that, I was going to send you to that other piece that's east of the town there. and uh, Just take a look at it. Just to, yeah, just do a drive-by, see if there's a bunch of trucks near there. Well, well what we're going to do, I think, is when we get in there, we're going to we're gonna drive to all the access points before we go to the campground. For sure. And, and see if there's trucks or camp set up, and if there are, we're going to talk to them. See what we're looking like. Yeah. That other piece to the east I'm going to check out, too. That piece looks really good on the map, so. Definitely do that. I, I would definitely want to sit down tonight, though. Yeah, we're definitely, we'll definitely be able to sit tonight. Oh, for yeah, sure. We'll be there quite a bit time. If 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 we have to, I, I I might just walk from camp and sit somewhere near camp. Yeah, we should should have plenty of time. Oh, I mean, and we got the bike. Drive your yeah. bike in there. Yep. Hey, did you get uh, fuel in the uh, generator yet? Yep, gas can's full, generator's full. Tight. Ice? Damn it. Ice? I forgot that. We keep forgetting to get ice. Yeah, I keep, no. keep forgetting to get ice, too. Yeah. We need to ice down our beers. Oh, God. We'll get ice at the next stop. We're, we're killing something tonight, boys. we got to celebrate. Well, I will drink hot beer if we kill a deer tonight. <laughs> Is your beer in the cooler? Yeah. yeah. Put it out the box. Put it in the bed, it's like 35 degrees out right now. <laughs> it's, it's very true. It's true. Have you seen any deer? I haven't seen one buck. Uh, no, we saw a coyote. Yeah, he did. I saw I saw a buck. Uh, a coyote and a dead doe. I saw, I saw a deer way out in the field. I'm just going to assume it's a buck. Yeah, big one. It was a big, big giant buck. Good All right. Okay. Well, these guys have gas station called Come and Go. They spell it A-U-M. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Come and Go is my uh, favorite one. Yeah. They got good taquitos. Come and go. Only three. Three per gallon. That's it? That's only, it's only three? I don't know. I just said three. Thanks, Joe okay. Biden. Thanks a lot, Joseph. Okay. All right. Well, Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right, that was John. I can't remember what we were talking about before we were rudely interrupted talking by about John. about how it's going to be much colder. It's going to be in the 50s and 20s at night, and I think that the rutting is going to be way better. Like, we started seeing bucks rutting last year, but I feel like the real rut activity kicked up, like, the last couple of days we were there. Yeah, the last, the last two days I had bucks chasing where I was at all around me, like, the last night we sat it was the best night. I probably saw four or five different bucks chasing. And I had a nice buck in front of me that he was out cruising, searching. He came to my calls. The um, night before last, I got full draw on an eight point. Came in and uh, he he a doe brought him right to my tree, and then he uh, he was like behind these two trees, and I just needed him to get a step out and. Uh, Un, against all my knowledge I I don't know why I did what I did I panicked or something I thought I need to do something to get this deer to move because he was sitting there for such a long time and I, I was at full draw I was like I gotta get him to get out, out from behind that tree so I just gave him a little thinking that it would like bump him a couple feet well it made the doe bolt and he bolted with her so that was that Listen there. Yeah, that was stupid. <laughs>
Uh, I I found it's a big piece of public that we had never been to, so um, I feel like I really spent the first three or four three days of the four scouting. On the third day, I found what I liked a lot, and then I finally saw a decent buck and a really good buck sign. So uh, I'm definitely excited to get back in there. And like we we're saying to John, there's another piece nearby that also looks pretty good. So we got decent options depending on people. There was a few people there last year. It wasn't overrun um, compared to the first spot we went. I'm feeling good. And a lot of people don't take their rut vacation until I feel like next weekend. Yeah. Um, so I think this week I hope I'm optimistic that we're not going to have a ton of people. This week. Jesus. This damn phone. Why? Why right now? Okay. Another customer, I'm sure. Leave me a message. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's gonna be good. I got high hopes. Yeah, I haven't been this excited about a trip. Oh, super! It's like a little kid going to Disney right now. I I couldn't even sleep last night. I went to bed at like midnight, and then we had to get up. I had to get up at two thirty to get to John's house by four. But we actually all made it on time, which never happens. No, does in a timely fashion. Things are going smooth. I guess you could say things are going pretty smooth. Something's gonna happen. <laughs> I predict. I predict we draw blood tonight. We kill something tonight. Something I really like that. We have. A, we're gonna have a deer hanging. That'd be amazing. That would be a great start. To what's the uh, What's your like? What's your game plan going into the first like three days? So tonight, depending on when we get there, we set up camp. I think my plan tonight is going. I'm gonna go close to camp because there's a lot. I think that gets really overlooked right there. Um, we, we walked a little bit of last year. Remember we went down that big steep hill and there yep. was that little waterway? Yep. Nobody's I, going down there. No, I think I might go down that way. That's um, a beast of a walk. Yeah, because when we when we drag that buck out tonight, tonight it's going to be a... It's going to suck so hard. We're going to burn enough calories to eat and drink whatever we want for the rest of the week. Not that we, not that we are going to do it. So that's my game plan for tonight. I think that's where I'm going to go down there and sit in that in that hole down there. And then uh, I don't know. I'm torn. I'm really torn between the spot that I that I sat in last year, where I saw the most activity towards the end of the trip between getting back into that area or going back to that very north piece the north portion of the piece that we're on there was a ton of sign there yeah. like you you dropped me off and I, I remember I found that dead buck like 50 yards off the road Right. <clears throat> and in that area I found a ton of sign everywhere and uh, I kept saying in my head I'm like I'm too close to the road so I, I wanted to keep going. I was like, you know, if there's an, if there's this much sign here, I'm going to keep going another 100 yards would be more sign there. And it, I wasn't finding anything. And I literally walked... Oh, I, fuck, I walked all the way down to that water hole that we were just talking about on, on, on X. I walked quite a ways, a couple of miles, and <clears throat> I never saw any sign. And I ended up setting up in a tree like a half hour before the sun went down and I had a spike coming underneath me. So I'm torn because I kind of want to go back to that spot and set something up in there and see see what I can. You know, there was so much sign up there. Yeah. And if, and if I went back there, I almost feel like if there's that much sign again, it's probably a good bet that sitting there would pay off. Um, I also kind of thought I had it in my head that 
the buck that I found that was dead was the buck that made all that sign, and he was already dead, so <laughs> I gotta go find another spot. The, the games that we play as deer hunters are quite funny in our heads, so <clears throat> that's, I don't know, I'm torn between those two things, so I haven't made up my mind, I'll do that tomorrow. What about you, what's your, what's your game plan for the first couple days? Uh, I think I'm pretty similar to you, and I'm kind of torn. I, uh, I found <clears throat> two spots last year that I liked. That same with you, the north end, but I was on the other side of the north end. So you were on the you west were on the side. Eastern, I was on the western. Um, up against the private, because there was standing corn across the street, and there was big um, CRP pasture bluffs um, on the private that I felt like deer were going to come off of, and it was like a river bottom I was on. Use that river bottom to travel across the street to the corn and to and from. So that's what I was hoping for, and it did work. I had does do that and uh, two small bucks that I passed on, but that was it. I got impatient. I bailed out, and I was only man, 50 to 60 yards off the road there. It really wasn't far at all. But there wasn't any human sign in there. I did see an Amish kid walking in there when I set up, and he left. That was it. And then I went and hunted the other, other end of the farm. Um, I walked this river bottom again. I found somewhere I didn't see any human sign, and I found a ton of rubs down in there. Hunted it twice. Went on the other side of this big... Uh, like top knob that was in there, I guess, under the other, the other bottom. And I had a good buck walk that. That kind of like walked the draw between the two oak ridges in there. It's pretty hilly. Yeah, it's real. It's about it's about 500 to 800 feet. Yeah, uh, drops. Ri- ri- uh, elevation changes. That spot I was throughout in was the probably, whole property. There was a big ridge top that probably dropped 500 feet, and then under the other side into the lower bottom there, and that's where he cruised. And uh, he came well within range, but he. Uh, never gave me a shot so I kind of want to go back in there it was tore up in there and it's a spot that is kind of hard to get to and I don't think a ton of people were hunting but then I studied on X maps and I was talking about that corner with you up against the private where I could see a little more more yeah. ag yeah. this time of year I'm, I'm thinking the bucks are going to be looking and doing a little pushing so I'm kind of wanting to hunt does as much as the bucks to get you know try to find the honeys and the bucks will be behind them well, I'm also pretty torn. One of those two, I'll either probably hunt that bottom draw again or I'm going to go hunt a new spot where I can see a little bit more. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm 50-50. I know my dad's going to go right back to where he hunted last year. He um, missed a buck and then saw a bigger buck that same morning and then almost got ran over by a 140-incher on the ground that was chasing the doe. And on top of a few other bucks, so I know he's going back to that spot. And then John, John's a wild card. He could end up who knows where. So yeah, John's John, gonna go hard. He's gonna go deep. That's John was one of those last year, so yeah, he didn't. He didn't get to do that. I think this is John's first out-of-state deer hunt. I thought you guys went to Missouri before. Oh yeah, him and I did go to Missouri. Yeah. That's right. That sucked. That's when we went when it was 100 degrees. It was horrible. <laughs> it's a podcast about that too. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. Uh, misery, Missouri. Yeah, God, it sucked. Uh, yeah, I, you know, last year we, if you if you haven't hunted Missouri, what where we're at at least. You got these river bottoms or bottoms and ridges. The ridge tops are fields, and then like when you're on when you're at camp, you're you're on the top. You're up in the tops, and you can see the tops of the trees like eye level with you because all the trees are down to the bottoms. So I noticed that most deer activity were down in those bottoms, yep. not on the tops. Agreed. I never I saw one deer up on top of those ridges. Me and your dad were walking out. And we had a, a really nice, at least 130, 
he ran, at least I think it was 130. Your dad will probably listen to this and be like, that wasn't 130. <laughs> In my eyes, it was huge. Uh, he, he was run, He was like on a full, like, leaps and bounds, like just jumping through this field on the top. But that was the only deer I saw out there other than that. It was all on the bottom. The tops also have, the, like, the mowed paths for yep. walking on them. It's just tall grasses that they've mowed and taken care of. Missouri does a nice job of taking care of their public land. Really nice, really nice. Michigan probably gonna try. And they they have they have uh, on the onyx they show crops in certain spaces, but there were no crops there last no, year. No crops. So they probably did in the past. It's also the piece we're hunting um, is a quail management zone, which I hope that doesn't give too much away, but whatever. So it's managed more for birds, and it's not like a deer spot, but it's it uh, definitely holds a lot of deer. And there's a few groups of hunters out there that I'm sure will be back. So I'm just gonna mute you. What the the animal you said? Yeah. Okay. All say, they're gonna hear is management, management zone that's not deer. They're gonna say, "Damn it! <laughs> Why are they being so secretive? Because so, we're gonna kill four giants this weekend. Everybody's yeah. wanna go there." So when we left last year, a cold front was moving in, but we had to go back. And then uh, a guy that Scott was talking to that oh we yeah. Know, he, yeah, Paul Kermy. Paul Kermy. Yeah, something like that. Where's the tactic camp? Where's the tactic camp? He was hunting Missouri in public. We kind of told him where to go. Um, gave him a couple of pins, and he killed a 140. Yeah, the next day. Nice. So we were definitely on him, and just uh, I think it was still hot, and that cold front came in and got it on. So we're to say we're optimistic is putting it lightly. I'm uh, super excited. I've already got a buck down. Humble brag. <laughs> but this is my this is my fourth year coming here. And I haven't killed a buck. I've been to full draw three times. I haven't killed a buck. This is year two for me. So I I am, man, I really want to kill one. If it's 100 inches, I'm killing it. Or better, so. Yeah, I'm and about, about, every, about And every about deer about I've been to full draw on has been over 100 inches. Oh, yeah. So, and the, the my best opportunity was 100, probably close to 140, so. That was when you were with your dad? That was my first year in Missouri. Yeah. I saw 165, and I got to full draw on a 135 to 140 at had him at 12 yards, heavy quartering two, and he was just standing there. It's tough. And uh, there was does running around, and he just took off on a dead sprint. He never gave me any sort of good angle. Um, and I don't have the balls to shove it in their throat, so I, I'm just not going to do that. So he lived down. And we're not going back to that property, so <laughs> we're moving on. I we, like the uh, western side more. I like the terrain more. Yeah, I really it's like it. It's it's completely different. Like, I just got back from Ohio. We went and hunted Ohio, and uh, which it was a great, great spot, and I will be going back because I didn't fill my tag yet, and I have till February to do it. So, um, But it was very similar to hunting in Michigan, the terrain-wise. So coming out here is a completely different game, um, something that I've never done before until last year. and It's like a whole new learning experience, and I, I've done – you know my fair share of research over the last couple of months and trying to figure out you know the best way to play the ridges and fire guys construction um they uh <laughs> what if they listen to our podcast oh, you just call them late we got a stupid name <laughs> <laughs> we just drove back past the truck that said fire guys construction but uh trying to play the ridges and in you know I watched a bunch of Dan and Fall shit. He hunts a lot of big ridges like yeah, that. Yeah, and I even I even watched one on flatlands. He had a whole video on yeah. hunting flat because when I went in Ohio, it was flat. And he was he was talking about even on flatlands, you'll you can still key in on elevation changes 
even if it's just like a 10 foot drop over fucking 50 yards yeah. it's still an elevation change um, so where we're going the one piece has these 5 to 800 foot drops um, the other spot we were looking at maybe checking out has about 100 to 200 foot drops it's a little yeah, bit less much less bridgy more draws like uh, fingers off the field edges and stuff. yeah so it's cool it's fun to, to learn something new and you gotta pay challenge. attention to different stuff easier for deer I feel like to pick you off when they're walking when you're coming in and out you gotta pay attention how you're getting in and out of your spots your thermals are getting pulled down and up into those depending on the sun and all that jazz that you don't really have to pay attention to as much where we hunt in Michigan and I hunt in Nebraska and Kansas and for turkeys a lot and this is almost a cross between the two like you got big rolling croplands and then all of a sudden big giant oak ridges in between so I love it out here set up and get after yeah man it's gonna be it's gonna be a good week we got a lot more time this year uh, our wives were gracious enough to allow us to go so gracious so gracious we love them <laughs> <laughs> we do we do uh we do have we do we are lucky guys to be able to do not every guy can do this no definitely not. so we're lucky guys that we were able to do this and we have we're, this isn't our full-time job, so... Yeah, we are not getting paid. Man, I wish I was hunting public sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> or a meteor for anybody. Any of yeah, them. Somebody that gets paid to hunt. I want that. <laughs> That'd be sweet. So if you're listening and you want to pay somebody to yeah. hunt. Yeah. Adopt us. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, that's our game plan. Um, we uh, we do a gear dump, talk about what kind of gear we brought with us. Yeah. So... First and foremost, our shelter. We are not tent camping, though some may think we're less of men uh, because we're staying in a bougie camper. Bougie. We bought, uh, well, I bought an a older camper from a, another fireman on the job, Buck Gussoff. We dubbed it the Buck House. The Buck House. And uh, it's a nice little 27 foot. I don't even know what year it is. Um, Perfect. Yeah, it's got five beds in it. Sleeps five. We got four guys. It's gonna be perfect. Uh, nice. Keep us out of the rain. Keep us dry. Keep us warm. Um, we did bring water this year. We didn't bring water with us last year, but so we'll have water. But no, no electric. We we run it off a generator. And, um, kind of minimalist as far as food. Bringing bag, bag. I think there's something to talk about there. I, I feel like that's an underrated move that we pull on that. The MREs. Yeah, the Dean Tanti original. Yeah, they're the Dean Tanti original homemade MREs. He did it when we hunted for bears in uh, northern Ontario because we flew in, so weight was an issue, and then we didn't want to, um, this pig's nose is sticking out of the <laughs> We didn't want to uh, spend all night cooking. When you get back from hunting all day, you don't, nobody wants to cook. So what he does, and he kind of gets shafted with the, the duty of doing so because he's good at it, he basically makes any meal you can put into a freezer bag or into a, uh, what are they called? A uh, Ziploc bag. Yeah, anything like that. And puts it in there. So we're talking like taco meat, um, spaghetti, firehouse staple, the chicken bacon, broccoli ranches. Um, he does like this mushroom steak thing, chili, anything like that. And then you just... So good. You just zip them up and freeze them. And then all you do when you get back to camp is take that bag, shove it in a pot of boiling water, it gets hot, and you eat it. So you don't have to cook anything. It's so good. It's a necessity for this because cooking sucks. Yeah, I mean, especially not having 
know, we have the water, but you gotta wash dishes and all that other shit. So we got, you know, cut down on time, cut down on, you know, chores. I guess you could call them having to clean up. Nobody wants to do that. You don't really want to cook when you get back. We did bring a grill because we're gonna grill the tenderloins of the deer we shoot. Yep. Naturally, never frozen. Never frozen. Um. So, yeah, we got. I think he was. I think that's one of the smartest moves we make on this trip is bringing that kind of food because sucks. you know, like in, cooking sucks. John. John likes cooking. John loves being the camp cook. And uh, when I first started talking about the food, what were we bringing? John had like he, he's got some grandiose plans, which I would have loved to have John cook us meals. Yeah. He does some good good meals, but I think he he realized too that it, it's gonna be a lot easier to just do it the way we're doing it. Like. It seems like a great idea until you get back from when you've been hunting all day. All day. It, it kicks your ass, man. You're drained. Like you, yep. you eat some food, you drink a few beers, and you pass out until the morning. Yeah, we didn't eat last year. I had high expectations of the amount of beer you and your dad were going to drink. And I was thinking, because I'm not a huge drinker, I'm like, I'm going to have to keep up with these boys. <laughs> no, yeah. they, 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 we were having a drink each night. We'd have a drink and well, go I, to bed. I, I even did it when Shido and I came and it was 100 degrees and I... I did it in Ontario too. Pretty much every trip I did the same one when we went to Nebraska. I've got it down when I eat food. If I kill three or four beers in like an hour, I sleep like a baby. Yeah. So Yeah, and I, you're I, and you're so tired by the end. I mean you're literally hunting all day. This is a different type of You're hiking miles. You're hiking too. miles, you're hiking up, you're hiking up and down and ridges. It's not It's an ass kicker. Yeah, it's an ass kicker. And it's definitely uh it's, like I said, it's different. So you really you get back and it's like Somebody kills a deer. Shit's. My dad killed a bear in Ontario, dude. We got so drunk. <laughs> the celebration gets to a different well, level. Well, in Ohio, the last night we were there, yeah. uh, we, we cut loose pretty pretty hard in Ohio. If you listen to our last podcast, you'll hear it progressively go downhill. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it was, the pressure was off. I felt successful because somebody in our camp got a deer. I didn't get one, but... Um, you still feel good about it, so you're you're more relaxed. And I, I didn't even get up in the morning because I was so I did not feel good. And then we had to take two. We had to take a puddle jumper home from like Ontario, and then like a 15-hour drive. Oh man, I wanted to die. I was so hungover. We both threw up that night. It was awesome. <laughs> We're just pounding tequila. <laughs> did your mom? Did your mom partake? Uh, she did not keep up. No, she she was smarter than us. And went to bed early. She is. We smart. stayed she up. Is... We had to. It was our last night there, so we had to take care of that whole bear. We had to skin it and quarter it and get it in bags. Pearl's way smarter than you. All that jazz. So we got hammered doing that alone, and then Ooh. I think she was. Like, they don't. They didn't do that for you. Uh, they do, but we Charge. didn't let them. Yeah. We. My dad's pretty hands on. I wanted to see what it was like to do it on a bear. I don't know. You guys uh, take any of the fat and render it? We did not. Oh, man, I really want to. I do did that. not. Maybe my dad did, but I don't. We talk about it all the time on Meat Eater, and I really, really want to do it. Let's go kill a bear. That and something else that they were just talking about the other day that I. Oh. I gotta edit that out. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. Uh, but, uh. The, what is it called? It's the bear's penis. Yeah, the little bone in it? Yeah, the penis bone. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. They, yeah. they, uh, you can make shit out of them. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you gonna make a toothpick? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna make. The, uh, what's his name? Uh, Clay, Nuke? Clay Newcomb gave yeah. one to somebody on one of Meteor's recent podcasts, and it was like uh, big enough to be like a like a drinkster. 
Oh yeah, I remember talking about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that sounds cool. That is sweet. I mean, it's it's a bear's penis. I stir a drink by. with a bear dick. <laughs> yeah, man, I definitely would. <laughs> I'm not letting anything go to waste if I can make, if I can help it. Yeah. Me. <laughs> So that, so well, that, that ventured yeah. really far from the, from the gear dump. Here, I just made you a coffee, babe. <laughs> <laughs> she has no idea what it is. What is that thing? It's just a piece of wood I found. Did you ever notice every time you're on I-80 and you pass the world's largest truck stop, everybody in the truck has to talk about how it's the world's largest truck stop? Yeah, but something happened last year. We didn't stop at it. We were, I've never stopped at it. I drive by it every year. We were, we were mad at you for not stopping. You were driving, weren't you? Probably, I don't know. Yeah, we were like, how did you not stop at the world's largest truck stop? We'll stop all the way back. We just got food. Yeah, we're good. So that's part A of our uh, gear dump is the food that is important. Um, other than that, we brought beer and some water. Beer, water, well, you brought some lunch sandwich meats. meat. I brought candy. I bought uh, brought Hostess cupcakes. Yep. Because that's another thing. My, my hunting snack game was not good. I used to... Man, I was, I was missing out until we went to Ohio... Steve shot that buck early, so he filmed me the, the rest of the weekend, yeah. and he was bringing snacks for both of us. He, he, you know what? He was an amazing cameraman because he brought snacks with us. <laughs> the only thing is he brought pumpkin spice coffee with us in the, in the woods, and I can smell, smell it. it. <laughs> but he brought these, uh, the hostess cupcakes. How did he carry his coffee in the woods? Dude, dude, I know he's going to listen to this, too. His fucking asshole comes... <laughs> We get out of the truck and I'm walking. I can smell it. I'm like, where is that? Why can I still smell the pumpkin spice? <laughs> is it on me? Because I'm kind of psycho about it. Yeah, I'm real psycho. I would have been having a rough time. Dude, I was. It was in my mind. And it's a funny thing is, is, he said he's like, he goes the whole time I was just thinking about how pissed you probably were. <laughs> <laughs> he has like a little cup holder on his saddle. Yeah, but how does he get it up there? I don't know. I I never paid attention until we were in the tree and I could still smell it. Kind of takes two hands. I looked down and I noticed that he's got a thermos. Just hanging from his handle, <laughs> like a coffee cup. That's fancy. It was really fancy, dude. I was, I was actually kind of impressed. I wasn't, I wasn't that mad at him. That deer. <laughs> we got horns. No, no horns. No. So, anyways, um, uncrustables and hostess cupcakes. Ooh, uncrustables is a good move, dude. They are so good. I've never had one before last weekend. What? Yeah. What? Yes, Didn't we have this conversation before? I don't think so. Maybe Steve introduced me to a whole new world. I've I never used to had eat them for lunch in high school on a daily basis. Uh, the school I want a toast. I want a toast. Like what if that camper's got a toaster? I think right that being toast is overrated, but that's just me. I heard they're good frozen too. I like them cold. Anyways, my snack game is on par this weekend thanks I, to Steve's. Uh, I bought fifty pieces. Fifty pieces. I like candy. Bring any of my kids. I'm candy. a chocolate fiend. So, my kid, if you watch our Instagram story, you'll see my kid with his choice words on uh, <laughs> Halloween night. He had a couple, dropped a couple f bombs. He's two and a half. He looked and sounded proud. just like me. I don't know if I was proud or disappointed I'm or proud. I'm proud. I was proud. It was. I couldn't stop laughing either. <laughs> my wife didn't think it was very funny. She did afterwards. She laughed her ass off. Yeah, she kept watching. Embarrassment of her kid saying "fuck" to some random people. Fuck, fuck, and fuck, and something. He was saying something else after the fuck, and the look on his face is like he was fired up about this big werewolf that was talking to him in the the yard. It was wild. Um. Anyways, back to our snacks. Snack games on par this this week. Uh, 
so food's covered. We brought two red power bikes. Yes. Why we didn't bring three, I don't know. Um, because I forgot the third one. Do you still have a flat tire? No, I told you. Oh. I got a new charger for it too because I lost the charger. Sweet. How much was that? Like 20 bucks. That's not bad. So we got two two rad bikes, which we didn't use a ton last year. I used mine uh, like three or four times on yeah. one spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used mine. Uh, I used it more on that first piece we went to that we left because yeah. it was too busy. Um, got the rad bikes. We got a couple couple big coolers. We could fit four deer in the coolers. Uh, we got a cooler full of beer, generator, bows and arrows. Still rocking old bows. I got my Prime. What year is your Prime? It's, is it that new? Well, it's, it's new because of... It's new to you. Yeah, because the last bow I was shooting was like 20 yeah. years old. My bow is... I'm going to guess my bow is like a 2017, 2016. I don't know what year the adrenaline came out, the Matthews adrenaline, but I still went out slinging arrows at Timmons. I've had that Prime for two years, I think. What are you he, shooting off of now? Broadheads are you putting in there? Um, the G5 Montex. We are not um, big like arrow builder guys or any no, of that jazz. I shoot a carbon arrow. Um, not to be honest, I don't even remember what grain it is right now. It's changed a couple times over the years. But, but basically what happened was I got my bow, I tuned it all in, I got it sighted in where I wanted it about two years ago. I've had the bow for a long time, but I changed some stuff. Changed my broadheads, I'm shooting the uh, Muzzy, uh, what are they called? Trocar hybrids. Um, and I love the way it shoots and it shoots accurately and I've killed the last few animals I've shot with it. So that's that. Yeah, I, I we shoot the same arrows because we, we, we all got me, you, John, and yeah, I think gold my tips. My dad's got something else. We all shoot gold tips. And then I got the G5 Montex. And I mean, they fly good. Uh, the, the, the heavy arrow setups and like the getting intricate with all that shit sounds fun and it's probably something I'll do at some point but I don't have the time to think about it yeah, I have right. too much stuff going on during the during leading up to the season with my business and work and the kids and my wife and I just it's like one more thing on the plate that's like this isn't broken I don't need to fix it right now I wouldn't mind switching it up a little bit to see you know I listen to a lot of like Kevin talks a lot about it on here on our podcast and I listened to an episode of Meat Eater where a guy got real technical with it. Yeah. Um, and it sounds interesting getting into those heavy arrows. But if my just... arrows would break, I, or I would lose them, I would probably be more interested in doing it. But I've got them. I think I have 11 still of the dozen that I bought. Yeah. All those, I, go I every, have all those gold tips don't break, man. And when they do, it's because you shattered them off of something. Or a coyote. Coyote broke my last one because he bit it after I hit him with yeah. it. But like that buck, I shot him. With two arrows, and I mean, I guess the, the concept of getting into a heavier arrow is to penetrate harder or yeah, it's, go it's, through bone it's more. Pounds per square inch with kinetic energy and science and stuff that I, I never cared about in school, and I just know that my arrow setup right now passes through deer, and I'm good with it. Yeah. Could it be improved? Sure. sure, probably. Do I care to do so? Not, not at the moment. Not today. So, so yeah, John shoots a uh, PSE. No, he just switched from his PSE though. Did he? He bought a new bow. Oh yeah. I don't know what he's got now. I thought he bought another PSE. No, 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 no. He'll never. He wanted the hawkiest PSE in the world. I think he bought a Hoyt. My dad shoots a Hoyt. Um, it's an older one, but uh, he tax, you know, tax driver with that thing. I don't know what the hell he's shooting. Uh, he shoots a Carbon Express F15, two blades with leader blades on. He's killed a lot of deer with those. He will not change. I don't blame him. 
Scent lock, scent lock clothing. Scent lock to the Shido ordered a bunch of new scent lock and did not come in time, oh, even though he didn't. paid for express shipping. Oh, no. So, that's some bullshit. Dude, he paid for one-day shipping. Yep, it had been four days. Oh, come on. So, scent lock's going to owe him some money. Dang. Which, I've done express shipping with them and had no issues. Me too, dude. I, it's honestly, been in transit, quote-unquote, from Howell, which is ten minutes and from And he couldn't house. get a hold of them? Nope. They said he was going to try. I told I, him I'd go pick it up yesterday. Dude, I usually get, even without paying, when I order something from Scentlock, I don't ever pay for the express shipping because I don't procrastinate. <laughs> Just kidding. I procrastinate all the time, but usually I don't have to do that. But I, I I get it, like, within a couple of days. I usually get it two days later, yep. two or three days later. That sucks that he didn't get it. Damn. He doesn't have, he's like. He's got stuff. Does he? Yeah, he's got Scentlock stuff. He's just older. Um. And then obviously tethered saddles. Tethered we're all saddles. we're all throwing the tethered saddles except for Dean, um, which you know I don't think saddle hunting saddles are for everybody. Dean got himself into a into a hang on, and, and I always say about the saddle hunters like, first of all, I have to always make sure I let everybody know that I'm a saddle hunter before I talk about it. But the truth of the matter is, is that saddles aren't for everybody. I think that they are a killer tool to have in your toolbox. And it's the only way I want to hunt, um, unless I'm with my kids and we're sitting in a tree stand. But if there was another way that I would hunt, it would be the way Dean's going at it. Yeah, and he uh, he tried all the tethers a little bit last year. Like he gave him a sit and stuff, and uh, just not his game. He likes the hangouts. Yeah, and and the way I, I really think there's two schools of thought that if you're not into these either one of these two things, you're selling yourself short. Especially if you're doing public land hunts, being mobile, getting away from, and I know, you know, I'm not, sh- I don't want to shit on climbers because I think they have their application and there's places where they probably work great, but I don't hear. No, in a, in a, in a, either you're either getting into a saddle or a hang on, and you're crippling yourself with a hang with a climber. Climber, they we're make noise, They're bulky. They're heavy. Yeah. Like, I just don't, I don't, I used to get it, but now there's other options. That, yeah, there's a, that was the, at one time, that was kind of the best option. And I, my first year here, my dad and I both, uh, no, I, I brought, hang on, my second year here, John and I brought climbers. Yeah. Um, and whatever, the last and those year, were my great dad brought options. a climber again. I remember the first time I saw one, and my cousin got one for Christmas, and I'm like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yep, but and then someone told me about saddles, and I was like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. My dad brought a climber last year. And as soon as we got home from Missouri, he bought a hang-on set. Right. So, back to what I was saying, the two schools of thought on it, you either saddle or you're hang-on. Both are very, very lightweight. This, the, the technology and the shit these companies have come out with in the last couple of years are so incredibly light, it's not even funny. And it's really just a matter of your method of climbing, which you can go on YouTube and find all sorts of crazy ways people are getting it up into trees. Um, but if you just want to be basic with it, you get a, you get three or four sticks, maybe an aider, in your your hang on or your saddle, one yep. way or the other. You are very mobile. You're light. You're you're going to in my if you know that you're a lighter weight, you're not going to be exerting as much energy. You're going to be more prone to move when you need to move. Whereas with other stands like. I mean, if you bring a ladder stand, you're you're not moving that. It's cr- and you see them out here all the time. People are lugging them things all you, the way. And you out might here, you might crazy. think you're gonna move it, but you're not gonna move it. You might 
maybe once, but dude, you get a saddle or a hang on, a nice light hang on, you, you walk all over the place. You can go wherever you want now. And uh, I'm not, I mean, for public land, I use a saddle, but like at home, I have the saddle and I'll use it like if a buck is making a, you know, working in an area that I'm not familiar with or that I didn't expect him to, I'll go move on him with that saddle. But I've got, I've been hunting the same farm since I was a kid. I pretty much know how the deer operate there. Yeah. I've got my stand, I got a couple ladder stands, a couple hang ons in the same spots, and I kill deer out of those just as well. So it's not like you can't be fun. You, I don't get this whole like, I'm only team saddle. Oh, yeah, for sure. Stupid and vice versa. I, I, I'm not partaking out for public. I think for me, saddle is a way to go. But for me, I so truth to me is I like sitting in a hang on better than I like sitting in my saddle. Just, I don't know, I'm stuck in my ways with it. But I hate heights. And I, so when I hang tree stands, I'm slow because I cling to the tree. So with a saddle, because I'm connected to the tree, I don't fear that. Yeah. And I'm easy going. I climb right up in there, I put my platform up, and I'm comfortable the whole time. I have no issue shooting out on my saddle. I like being in it, I'm comfortable in it. I've, I have no complaints on it at all. I think it's a safer way to hunt. For me, it's definitely Because how way. often do you sit in your tree stand and not hook into your uh, your harness? Me, never. Yeah, I did it all the time, and it's yeah. it's absolutely stupid. Ladder stands, I do, but uh, any hang on, I do not. Because I am i don't like being up there without it. I feel safe once I click in, and then I'm comfortable. Yeah. If I don't click in, I am not comfortable up there. I will hold on to something. Well, and ladder stands are not safe either. Like, you know, no, you, of course not. They, fall, they fail all the time. Um, but with uh, saddle, you're always connected to that tree no matter what. You don't have the choice to not be connected yeah, to it. They're definitely the safest way to go. You know, and I and like Nico said, it's not one, you know. I have stands on my lease and stands at my dad's. I still tend to use my saddle at the lease because I like to move around my property. I, I like to kind of not sit in the same spot if I can. Um, and then when I killed that buck last year. Uh, I sat on the other side of the tree from a hang-on that I have set for the last couple of years. Yep. So there's a stand already there, but I didn't sit in it. I sat behind it, um, which I, I think it probably played effect into how I shot that deer because the my profile was so hidden by that tree, I snuck around it, shot that buck. He never even looked in my direction. Yeah. Um, and I think that the saddle gives you that advantage that you could be behind the tree from where the destination is for the deer. I agree. But um, it definitely, if you're public land hunting, figure out which one you like. Figure out, uh, yeah, either a saddle or, I mean, they got, there's a lot of good companies out there. We love Tether. Tether, to me, is the best one. Um, I think the guys there are, that's all they do is saddle hunt. They've been saddle hunting for years and years and years. Um, they they, they're one-stop shop for saddle hunting. They have everything you need, basically. They are a little bit on the expensive side, but you're buying it one time, and you're not buying it. You used to buy a new ladder stand every couple of years. Yeah, you need another You know, now I don't need to buy another ladder stand at all. I just move the ones that I have for the kids to sit in, and I got a saddle. Um, and then, you know, you got your hang-ons. You got uh, XOP. XOP makes a good one. Uh... Dad's hawk. using a hawk. Yeah. I have hawk sticks. You got the hawk sticks and the hawk. Yeah. Hang on, they're very. It's, it's very. I have funny. hawk sticks and I have one, uh, tethered sticks, which the tethered sticks are unbelievably light. But um, whatever. Bone wolf, obviously a pretty good. Yeah, setup. yeah. That dude loves the his. Same thing with the hang ons and so. Get yourself into one of the yeah, the other. Try it out. One or the other, because you'll be you're gonna set yourself 
apart, which really you're not anymore because that's what everybody's doing. So, so get on the bandwagon. Don't fight it. Most of these people probably already do. Smart. So that's probably my favorite piece of gear that would be with us, besides my boat. That's a good call as a favorite piece of gear. Um, and I really like the bikes. Those might be my favorite piece of gear. They, they, uh, yeah, the bikes are sweet. They make life really nice sometimes. <laughs> Here it's kind of tough. There's a lot of big hills. Yeah, they are. We're using the Rad Power bikes. We've never used. I've never used anything other than that, so I don't know how those are. The only thing I've ever used was Quiet Cat when they first started, and they were scooters um, before they even had the bikes. So I, I broke both of them. These bikes are pretty good on hills. I mean, they'll go up them. I don't know how they are dragging a deer. I've never dragged a deer with them. No, I'll try to drag. Um, Carter just drug a deer, but it was in a sled. It'll do it. I'm sure you put it in a sled. You might have to pedal real, a bit. real steep hills. I mean, we got we had to get off when we were on. Yeah, there. we had to walk up the steep hills. Well, that's been everything's covered in leaves, so they're just spinning on the ground. Yeah, but they're they're great. They they uh, they help out. They help out a lot. And you know what? Guys will say stuff like, "Oh, that's lazy." I'm not hunting to work out. Yeah. I go to the gym to work out. Yeah. And I do enjoy the hike, and I'm not going to use the bike. I'm not typically. I'm not riding the bike right to the bottom of the tree that I'm sitting in. I'll probably bring the bike in a certain ways and then hide it and then hike in the rest of the way, you know. Sometimes when you're on the bike, you miss stuff. Yep. So I don't really like doing I that. I definitely don't take it to my tree. I always park it at least yeah. a few hundred yards away. Yep. Well, and, like, on the lease, for me on the lease, like, it helped. Like, my lease is a mile deep, so yeah. I'm sorry, dude. I'm, I don't – if I got if I got a way to get out there. And to be honest with you – I've passed deer that would have bolted if I was walking, and they just look at you on the bike because you're there and you're gone really quickly. Yeah, you're going you know, 20 miles an hour. You're used to people on machines driving around all the time. Right. So the, I think they're more comfortable. They're more prone to not leave. If we could walk up, if I could take one of the horses from these Amish people and ride that around up there, I'd probably do that, but they don't let me ride them. They yeah. have, have big deer on them. So those bikes are. Uh, Sweet. Those are sweet, and they and, and we use them a, li- a little bit. We didn't use them a ton last year, but they they did they did help. Yeah, um, I use it more for scouting than I do for hunting. Just yep. like get to and from one spot. To yep, one. yep. Get to a spot that you want to scout. Park the bike. Get off. Walk around. Yeah. Um, yeah so, Learn oh, what else uh, we got? Oh, our range finder, your cameras, drone. Cameras, camera arms, GoPros, all that jazz. Got the uh, modern assassin, Assassin's Reach camera arm. Um, yeah, what else do we got? I gotta look into if you can use sense or not where we're going. Um, I did. Oh, this is something we did. My dad and I both took a tarsal gland. My cousin shot a beautiful buck yesterday in Michigan, um, and we both cut a tarsal gland off. Um, I've done it before. You hang that sucker in a tree. It's it is so ripe. Really? Yeah. And it, it, if there's a, a, a dominant buck in the area, I've had multiple times I've had deer come check it out. Uh, I, I, I have a jar of that wall hanger shit you gave me last yeah, year. I just got to see if it's uh, if we can legally use it here. Yeah, I do. If we can, I'll, I'll definitely slap some of that. Or, uh, I feel like I've always got Black Widow in my box. I'm a big Black Widow fan. I know, I know the owners, and I know how they operate. I like their operation. So I like the uh, Evercone. Yep, Evercone. So, yeah, I know my dad uses a lot of that. But that, what's that, who makes that wall hanger stuff? Wall hanger's a company out of Wisconsin. Yeah, that stuff smells like Yeah, it's death. It's bright, too. Holy crap, man. Just put a little dab on a tree. I've got my, uh, my little can call, my grunt call, rattling antlers. I got my call that you suck and not blow. 
Dude, I love that call. <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, grunting. I snort whizzed my bucket this year. Um, I've snort whizzed a lot of deer by me over the years. Um, I'll be doing some grunting and probably a rattling sequence or two, depending on what I'm seeing. They seem to be a little bit more responsive to that kind of stuff around other states. Definitely. Uh, uh, we were, awesome we were talking on the way, before we got on this podcast, we were talking about uh, how we noticed that both when I was in Ohio and Missouri, I never saw any doe. Whereas in Michigan, you see a million doe. Every time I freaking hunt, I see doe everywhere. But the buck to doe ratio in these states is so much better than where we than where we hunt in Michigan. I think the overall deer density is probably lower too. Yeah. Um, which is mainly because the doe to buck ratio is how it's supposed to be. Right. You shouldn't have a ten to one doe to buck ratio. That's insanity. In these states, they don't. Michigan, it's a lot of a cultural issue too, because a lot of people never. My, like my dad doesn't shoot does. Yeah, I shoot the shit out of does. Oh, because I like. Them. Yeah, so. Uh, I, don't know, I lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah. What's well, our plan? That's it. That's where we're going. We'll probably do another one of these. At least one more while we're there. Yeah. And then another one on, on the way back. On the way but, back. Uh, and I'd like to do a couple more for sure. And hopefully we can talk about our uh, our deer kill. I still have to do a podcast where I talk about mine. Oh yeah, you did shoot a nice giant buck. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, I got my best buck ever. Can we talk about it right now? Yeah, fuck it. I want to brag about it. It's super fun. I shot my best buck ever on October seventeenth. So right in the prime of the lull. Um, which I've shot a buck October seventeenth, and my third best buck was October nineteenth. So. Uh, that little lull has been pretty well to me over the years, but basically, I uh, I didn't hunt. <laughs> I had a main farm that I never hunted until that day. I hunted there in the morning on the other side of the farm. It was the first real cold front Michigan had. Um, I saw four bucks that morning, a handful of does, and then I hunted the opposite side of the farm. It was breezy. I had a good wind, and I was overlooking a tall grass CRP kind of swampy area. It's a big tall mix of tall grasses. I was sitting in a corn row or a field row that's like 50 yards wide of woods that goes to standing corn. My point of sitting there was I figured it'd be like an observation sit. I could oversee a lot of that swamp and tall grass and I would know what's running around there. So right away I had bucks cruising around. I saw a lot of deer popping in and out of the grass. I, uh, I grunted a whole 100 inch eight point right under me. He walked right by. And then it's about... Oh, what time was it? Like seven o'clock ish. Yeah, it was late because you texted us. You were yeah. you were crying about you were watching these deer fight and they're 150 yards away or whatever. Yeah, so I, I saw two eight points, two and a half year old eight pointers were sparring it like they're about 250 yards out, and I pulled my binoculars up and I'm looking through my binos at these bucks as they're tickling antlers. And as I'm looking through my binos, in steps into my view steps this by far the biggest buck I'd have an opportunity at on this farm. He walks right in there, and he's just watching these bucks tickle antlers. So I'm crying to these guys over text about how I'm looking at 135-plus-inch deer, and he's 250 yards away. Well, pure luck, this buck started walking to the north. They were straight; they were way southeast of me, so they're walking straight north. Well, now they're about 100 yards away across the grass. And I let out, it's like 710 now. So legal shooting was like, oh, was right around 7.30 or something like that, 7.20-something. I let out the loudest snort wheeze I could rip. And uh, 
he heard it by chance while him and the three other bucks that he was with all started slowly working their way to me. And I had a spike walk right by, he was leading the way, a spike walks right by me at 10 yards, perfect. So I get set up thinking he's gonna follow that same trail. And he does not. He comes right to the bait right to my tree, face it head on, and he gets to some overhanging branches on my tree. He's about 10 yards away. And he just starts raking this tree. He's making a scrape, he's snapping branches off, he's going ballistic underneath me. Ten yards facing me, no shot. He gets done doing that, it's getting dark, and he comes closer to the tree. Now he's about three yards from the base of my tree, facing the tree, looking into the woods. No shot, no shot. Just standing there underneath me. Finally, after what felt like forever, he twists broadside. I rip it back on him. I come to full draw, give him a mat as he's standing there to get him to stop so he doesn't go anywhere. It's right at last light. I try to miss his spine because he's right under me basically. And I did not. I, I smacked him right in the spine. Folded him up, he starts spinning around. I try to shoot him with a second arrow while he's on the ground. I shoot, he spins, I miss, I put a third arrow in it, throw that one back, and I sent it right through his lungs. So um, that was it. He died less than five yards from the base of my tree. And it was it was insanity, basically. So the it was in pure luck. Like it was October 17th. Shouldn't even be seeing a deer like that walking around a half hour before dark, along with three other bucks. There was no reason for him to just be playing with these other two bucks that are out there fighting. He's obviously the biggest deer on the farm. He's four and a half year old. He, the fact that he heard my snortways with the wind we had was mind-boggling. And then for him to come all the way across with these other bucks and stand, oh, you know, it came in down. Standing downwind of me for a long time, and then somehow I am able to connect on this deer at three yards. It was just there was a lot of luck in that, and a little help from above maybe, and it, it was awesome. Just stuff that shouldn't happen for the lull and all that jazz to respond to a snortwheeze. October seventeenth doesn't even make sense, but whatever. You're not going to hear a lot of uh, people telling you on a podcast to go ahead and do it, but I was pretty desperate for it. Let it rip. So. <laughs> Worked out. He uh, he was twenty and. 20 and 5 eighths inches wide, scored 137 and 2 eighths. So finally got in the Pope and Young Club. And I actually got pictures were sent to me from a couple buddies that live a mile, just over a mile straight east. Um, they had them on their farm all summer long. And for whatever reason, he decided to meander across. So, yeah, I got my best buck ever for a half year old stud. He's at the taxidermist now. And it's a 137 inch 8 point. Buck. It's a really nice buck. Yeah, he was sweet. He was heavy. Five inch bases, twenty five inch main beams. Yeah. He was. A, he was sweet man. I I couldn't put him down. The guy just held him. Like my dad's like, all right, <laughs> My dad came to help me get him out of there, and he's like, all right, you ready to gut this thing? And I'm like, not yet. Just, <laughs> I'm not done yet. That's awesome. I felt bad when I gave him the taxidermist. I wanted to keep him. I didn't want to let him go. But it makes you. Uh, it puts a, another level of your drive in. You, the first time you hold a decent buck, like it, it kickstarts everything you have. In oh, yeah. You'll never go back. Yeah. I remember being a kid and holding my first decent deer, and it's like, it's, holy shit. Yeah, this I, is I remember cooler. the first, when my dad shot, he shot a 120 inch eight point. It's, that was the biggest deer I had seen shot by anybody I knew, and it was on our property, and I was like, Oh my god, like I was used to shooting little like 80 inch, you know, 
five points and six points. And, yeah. and I just couldn't believe how big this deer was. And after that, I was like, holy shit, I, even, I pissed my dad off because I would push QDM on him so much. <laughs> All I ever talked about was QDM. I bought him a QDM book for Christmas one time, and he got so mad at me. Because, um, you know, it's his property. He's shooting whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. He, he's actually way more on board with it now than he was back then. But he, he told me, hey, asshole, you don't have to hunt here. And I was like, shit, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, once you hold something like that, I mean, a 120-inch buck, that was a giant to me. I'm like, I mean, it's great buck. I'm like, this is this is out here, <laughs> right? Yeah, it makes you realize that you it can be accomplished. I, I, and, and I mean, those were the days before social media was big. So you saw bucks. I mean, back then, I the big bucks where I was, I see it on Woods and Water cover, you know, and in, in the magazine, and, you know, Field Stream. You know, that's that's yeah. what you saw. Now you can literally look at thousands of bucks like that. You can pretty much see every buck like that that gets shot because everybody gets them on the internet somehow or another. I do think that's one of the few good things on social media. As much as it's done this divide where guys are like, let them grow and versus kill what you want. which Because I still think you should kill what you want, but it's definitely opened the eyes, opened people's eyes up to say like, these deer are getting shot where I hunt. Maybe I should hold off a little bit because there are bucks that big. I never thought there were big bucks like that. I thought they were all... I thought bucks all looked this, this, the way they the ones I shot were were yep. big. Um, how many points there were? Six points. All it was a six point. Right. You know that was you. You go into the barn, put your your name and how many points the deer was that you shot on a paper plate, tape it on the wall, and by the end of the season, the whole bar would be peppered with these plates. And I mean, it was cool. I think it still is cool. But once you hold something that you know so much bigger than what you're used to shooting, it kind of it's a little dry. It definitely makes you want to try to try to shoot more like that. Damn, they're fun. The only not fun thing about big deer is they're really hard to drag out. Of yeah, no shit. <laughs> and I mean, aside from the size of the antlers being awesome to look at and awesome to hold, I'm cutting that corn right now, uh, the deer are living a little bit longer. And to me, that's that's cool, uh, too. That's cool too because they have a longer life. Uh, to me, it's a little bit more humane. You know, they're they're all going to die of natural causes, and, and dying by a, a hunter's hand is a natural cause because yep. we're a predator, just like any other predator. So, I don't think there's anything wrong with killing a younger deer, but I I, I think I feel a little bit better about trying to kill older ones. You can't eat the horns, but you can definitely eat the extra twenty pounds of meat you get off of it. So. <laughs> there's a whole lot of meat. Don't give a me lot that more garbage. meat. On an older buck. You shoot a big old doe. But I don't care. Kill whatever you want. Just be proud of what you shoot. Don't post something on there and be like, ah, I will, you know. I'm, I, just, God, I hate that. I hate that more than anything. Stupid excuses. Well, he's not the biggest. Oh, yeah, sure, or, he's not the biggest. or he took, I took what I could get. Or, uh, don't make an excuse. It's not, the, it's not the biggest buck. It's, it's, not, it's not the buck I was after. All these little things that you put up, like these little disclaimers in front of your post. Bucky shot, just just post the picture of the buck and be proud that you shot a buck. I'll tell you right now, if a 100-incher walks by me tonight, I am killing it. Me too. First night, I will not pass a 100-inch white tail. Nope. There will be zero disclaimers. I'll be proud as hell yep. over that deer. 100%. 100 inches, 100%. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So hopefully we can do it again and I can have another sweet story. I haven't killed two bucks in a year since 2004. When I had like my first year hunting, maybe. Yeah, I haven't killed two bucks in a year since... Dude, it was... So I shot that buck last year. Two years before that, oh no, I'm sorry, I take that back. I shot two bucks that year, I shot that night. Oh, yeah, you did. I forgot about that. I shot a buck during gun season, fire, regular firearm, and then one during muzzleloader. But that was shit. That year was the first year I shot a buck in nine years. I, I passed every buck I saw for nine years. And then, uh. And you shot a giant? Well, I shot that, so the, the six point I shot was a three and a half year old six point. That was old buck yeah. it's well, I guess it wasn't old old but it was three and a half years old yeah he said shitty yeah and I mean it was a big body deer and um but that year and then I shot it I was a I don't even, I don't even know, remember what we measured it I don't remember either but I remember he broke 130 without a G2 <laughs> yep his right G2 was snapped off and his other one was like nine and a half inches so yep um he, he, had, would have been he was wide too yeah he was real wide heavy so yeah, I went nine years without shooting a buck, and then and then I went one year I didn't shoot a buck, and then I shot one last year with my bow, which was my first bow. Buck he was one thirty-two, right? One thirty-one or 132, something. One thirty-two, one thirty-two and a half or something like that. Um, he had some strong bases on him. Yeah. Thick, thick. Six inches, a little over six inches, I think, he around was the beast. He's a big, big old buck too. Uh, so. Shoot what makes you happy. Let's go hunting. Let's just wrap that up, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you again this week. I'm gonna try to upload this on the way. We still got a couple hours left, so we'll be probably hearing this tonight. To uh, be continued. And it's to be continued. All right. See you, bitches. <laughs> Smash the subscribe button and give us a like. <laughs>